Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a Pro Wrestling Podcast. I just want to thank you for downloading me and thinking, you know what? I want to spend an hour or so in the company of Simon Miller's voice as he talks to me about the week that was professional wrestling. And it's been an interesting week. I mean, it wasn't as good as the week before, but I guess it was never going to be given that we were coming off Survivor Series. I mean, Smackdown, which is just in the books, that happened 24 or not even that just under 24 hours ago, I mean, that was pants. Well, it wasn't pants. It was just one of those shows where nothing happened. And you're like, why? Why, why did we decide not to, not to do anything on this week's SmackDown? I thought that was strange. I mean, it was kind of good because it started with, you know, it teased... How do I explain it? But you kind of felt at one point that they were going to do something more with... Um, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan stuff. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's do something. That's how we started, right? Daniel Bryan, uh, Shane McMahon was a bit like, Daniel, why didn't you let me fire everyone last week? And Daniel Bryan was like, oh, I've been fired before. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. And I was like, okay, there's something here. They're going to build to it. You know, obviously, we had the Kevin Owens and, and Randy Orton match that we knew was going to headline from last week. And there'd been a tease there with Daniel Bryan. So you thought, okay, this is cool. They're going to do something. And then it just ended. And there were teasers throughout the night because, you know, there was a lot of interaction between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Daniel Bryan. So I thought, okay, cool, they're building to this, this faction or this idea or, or whatever it's going to be. That's where, that's where they're going with this. And instead, we just had Sami Zayn. I mean, Sami Zayn was banned from ringside, right? And it was an ODQ match. You knew something was going to happen. And eventually, Kevin Owens stormed his way up the aisle, meaning Sami Zayn could attack because technically he wasn't by ringside. That allowed... Um, Kevin Owens to get the win without too much, you know, it didn't take anything away from Orton because he got, he's got an excuse. And then the show went off air. His show went off air. And I was like, really? I thought we were going to get some kind of big cliffhanger. I mean, Clash of Champions is what? I should always, I never look this stuff up before I start, but luckily I do this in front of my computer so I can just type it in. Sunday, 17th of December. So we're about two weeks away, three weeks away, two weeks away, two weeks on Sunday, right? So I guess you've got two SmackDowns to do something. And I guess this is probably leading to something at WrestleMania would be my guess. I would guess that Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie, all these jabronis are going to be involved in in some form at WrestleMania. If that is the case, then yeah, you've got pretty much five months. Four or five months before you've got to do anything. But I just felt like I needed more at the end of the, you know, at the end of the night. I expected something bigger. I'm even on Raw. In the last thing we saw was, was Braun Strowman getting his revenge against Kane. So there's a little something there to make you go, okay, well, maybe that's going to carry on next week or who knows what, right? Who knows what? But SmackDown just ended. And I guess you could say, well, it prolonged the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn relationship. And again, it did plant seeds in terms of what could happen going forward. However... I did think it was a bit lackluster, as I did think the entire show The entire show was. I thought the stuff they did with the Riot squad, as they're now called, I always get these people's names wrong. It's Ruby Riot, Sarah Morgan, no, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan to me are way too close. They're way too close to wrestling names. Maybe I've just got a stupid brain, but that screws me up every time. And I kind of thought that was good. I mean, the promo they cut and the promo that Charlotte, Naomi and Natalia cut was dreadful. 
in the sense they talked like they talked in taglines. Nobody has a conversation like with that. And while I thought they all delivered it as well as they probably could have done, this one stood. I know they all do it over both shows, but this one it really stood out to me. It really stood out like a sore thumb, and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent why it, it, it was worse than usual, but it just was. And it just made you know the Ruby Riot Squad, whatever they're called, it made them look a bit silly. I thought anyway, but I did like that segment. I thought it was good. I like the fact that Ruby Wright got the pin over Charlotte in the three in the six uh, the six way tag because it does give her legitimacy. And, you know, instantly if you don't know who this person is, you think, oh wow, this is you know, this is someone that I should fear, for lack of a better term, because she beat the champion. So I thought that was good. Maybe we should start with Raw before I go straight into SmackDown, which I've done by accident. Actually, before we go on, let's do let's do all, all the amazing plug stuff. I would like to thank everybody that donated on Patreon this week. I cannot stress enough how much that is. You know, that, that's how I'm able to do this stuff, right? The fact that I can sit down and, and take an hour or whatever it is out of my day and all my YouTube stuff I do is because of you people. So I just want to thank you so much, even if you just give a dollar. Like, quite a few people give a dollar, and it all, it all mounts up, and it allows me to, to be creative and create this nonsense, and it humbles me to my very core. So thank you very much to everyone who did that this week. If you would like to join these heroes of men and women, it's just www.patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. Like I say, even one dollar makes me sleep easier at night and know that I can afford my food bill as I crazily try and make all this stuff work. Um, no, you know, if you don't want to, that's cool. I'm going to keep shouting in your ears. But please do know that those that do, you really do make me sleep easier at night. If you're on iTunes, give us a review. Give us five stars. Go and share this. Put it on Twitter, Facebook, social media, Reddit, Squared Circle, all that place. Because I really would like to get the numbers smashing. I do want to give a quick shout out to Jim Sterling. If you haven't listened to that episode that went live on Saturday, it was a special out of nowhere episode. I would suggest go listen to that. I thought he's he's awesome when it comes to pro wrestling. He's got a great take. And of course, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules if you want to listen to this on YouTube and on Twitter at Simon316 and on Facebook, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You search for that and you smash that like button, as YouTubers say. Right, I think that's all the I think that's all the nonsense out of the way. So we will focus on Raw and SmackDown. I do want to talk about Cody Rhodes wanting to fill out a ten thousand seat building. So we'll do that as well. May touch on CM Punk as well. I know it's a wrestling podcast, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by all of that. That's probably you know that's probably kind of everything we've got this week, unless I've forgotten something, which I don't think I have. As for Raw, I thought Raw was better than SmackDown this week. Sim because I felt more happened. And again, they got a longer show, but usually I feel like the, the, the shorter format works. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of copy and pasting as well. I think both shows this week were probably a bit lackluster, probably a bit filler. But I think Raw just had had more moments. Like I do enjoy what, or at least I, I do enjoy what clearly the, the idea with Roman Reigns being the IC champion is. Now, I do th- genuinely believe the decision was made just because Miz was going and they thought, well, you know, who have we got to put a belt on? And it does kind of make sense because I do think it's very likely that the Shield's going to win the tag team titles back. So if you've got those three guys, one's IC champ and you've got, you know, like I said, the tag team champions, that adds a lot to the, that adds a lot, a lot to the group. So, and so that makes sense. And also it's Roman Reigns. Um, so, you know, you may as well put it on him. I understand that he's, he's controversial uh, at the best of times, but he still is a star, and he still is one of the biggest stars in WWE. Anyway, my point being is, it does feel like, and I can't work out whether this is coming at it from the Roman Reigns angle or from the, the IC angle, but Michael Cole hammered it home constantly on Raw, the IC title is prestigious, the IC title is prestigious. Hey, do you remember the IC title? Isn't that prestigious? What a prestigious title. So I'm kind of hoping this is like a two birds with one stone 
bit of nonsense where we think to ourselves, okay, let's reestablish the IC Championship and then when we're done with that, Roman Reigns will have helped with that, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, you, 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 that's what I'm hoping they're doing. I mean, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure Roman Reigns will lose it eventually and then I'll be like, oh, great. It's, you know, the IC Champions has gone back to being nothing. However, if we come out at the end of this and the IC title does feel like a secondary belt, and I think at this point it's kind of like yelling into the wind, right? Because if they were going to do it, surely they would have done it by now. However, I like to hold up hope and I like to be, I like to be a confident man. So what I'm hoping for is that, yeah, like I said, this experiment ends with the IC title feeling like it used to back in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. Because that way, we'll have, a, we'll have a secondary championship that will, you know, make me cry tears of joy. So that's, maybe that's why I like it, because at the moment I'm, I'm, I'm being positive probably when I, when I shouldn't be. And I, I didn't like the start of Raw, I'll admit that. You know, Roman Reigns just came out and did say I'm the IC champ, and then Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel came out basically to say Elias, the drifter, is our new leader. And that was a bit ridiculous. The best thing about this was, and I did a tweet about this at Simon316, and as always, nobody understands my humour, or at least, you know, the, the negative voices are always the loudest. And never, but the joke was, when the graphic came up for Roman Reigns versus Elias, it really was like the same person. And it was hilarious. It was like the same person looking at each other. You know, beard, long hair, growly face. And I was just like, you know, there's this argument that the problem with the main roster is there's not enough variety. And I don't actually think that is true. I actually think it's quite varied. However, when you saw that graphic, hilarious. And that got a load of people tweeting me going, no, it's the booking. It's like, it's a joke, guys. It's a joke. I like wrestling. I don't care about stuff like that. Um, but that was funny. And at first, I didn't mind they put Elias in that spot because I do think he's a good heel. He always gets a reaction. However, when we did get to that match, it was a bit dull. I like the last few minutes, but yeah, it wasn't great. It probably did elevate the drifter a little bit, but um, you know, by and large, uh, not great is is what I would say. And I actually thought everything they did with the Shield on Raw was a bit squiffy, to be honest. Because straight after this, Seth Rollins came out, he beat Cesaro, and it was a good match. But the problem with that is we've seen it so many times. How many times have we seen Ambrose versus? Uh, I, I get this wrong every time, but say Ambrose. Cesaro, Ambrose, Sheamus, Rollins, Cesaro, Rollins, Sheamus. I get that's the tag team title feud, but it's probably been going on too long by this stage. And it's probably time that, you know, that we do shake it up. So I hope whoever wins here takes the titles and goes on a feud in a, in a different direction. I don't want to see it anymore. It's just, it's just how I feel. I'm just done with it because, you know, it's too much. But afterwards, they did bring up the fact that Dean Ambrose is on his honeymoon with Rene uh, Young at the moment, which is true. They have got married. He had gone on the honeymoon. But there was just something weird to me when he said he hasn't spoken. And obviously, Roman's off winning the IC title. Don't break them up yet, WWE. That would be ridiculous. And what a waste of a return. So that was my only worry. I'm sure I could be wrong. Um, I did like everything they did with Samoa Joe. If we segue into that. I mean, he beat Titus O'Neil. And I've, I've heard some people say they like this match. And I didn't dislike it. But I just, again, I thought it was a bit nothing, really. It didn't really do much for me. Um, I did enjoy the fact that Samojo beat him so quickly. I mean, Titus got him a lot more offense than I thought he was going to be, going to, to, to get. But I still wasn't that bothered because uh, Joe won quickly and he won he won with a, with a choke. And then later on, tying back into Roman Reigns, once he had defeated the Drifter, Samojo came out and choked him out. Now, obviously going to get a Roman Reigns-Samojo match. We know that well, there have been rumblings that, um, what's his face? Uh, Vince McMahon has wanted to do that for a while. My only worry with that 
is we don't have a Raw pay-per-view till February. I don't think they're going to hold off to the Raw Rumble. It's clearly not going to be a WrestleMania match. So I hope they just don't do it randomly on a Raw and let Reigns win. Because I think Samoa Joe deserves more from that. Well, more, not more from that, but more from WWE in general. Like, I really, really do think that. At the moment, to me, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe... I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still doing well despite all their controversy. But I think they're my big four guys. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, and I'll slap myself later. But I, I think they're the people you need to protect. Brock Lesnar, obviously. But I don't think you should job Joe out to Roman Reigns. And I'm sure that will happen, and I'll be like, of course, why did I expect anything else? But, you know, that was one of the moments of Raw when I felt like, okay, cool. I want to see what's going to happen next week. You know, that's, that, that's a cool thing to, to do. Um, and then we had all the women's stuff on Raw, which was very similar to the SmackDown stuff, which I do find ridiculous. We found out that Paige, Rose, and DeVille are going to be called Absolution, which I think is a very strange name, given we had Evolution. I understand they're different words, but, you know, as soon as you mix those connotations, you're going to get my brain triggering off. And I thought it was decent, like, Paige's explanation that she... she Well, I mean, all, all the women in WWE do this. They all got rid of the term diva, but hey, it works. And now she wants to come and destroy the women's division. They also had a little stare down with Asuka, which I thought was great just because Oscar is great. Oscar had a match with Dana Brooke, and she beat her in like three seconds. It was just awesome. Putting this armbar so far, it was like an MMA match. Oh, it was wonderful. And I'm intrigued to see what happens here. I mean, if WWE can, peak, can, peak, uh, can keep building Oscar like this, I actually just want to see her run roughshod over all of them. That's what I thought when I saw her take it out. I was like, I hope she beats them all up. I thought it was great. So, you know, I mean, the, the segment with Paige maybe went a bit too long, but I, I did, at least at the moment... Because the rumor is that these girls were all bought up because Vince McMahon thought that the women's division on both brands was stale, hence why 3-3 came up. I know some people are saying, oh, it's because they want to do a women's Royal Rumble. Apparently not, but who knows. But I do think he's made a good call because it has made it more interesting. You know, I want to want to see what's going to happen with all the, you know, with all the different storylines, you know. Especially Raw, you've got Sasha Banks, you've got Mickie James, you've got Bailey, and then SmackDown, you've got three women as well. So there's loads of ways you can do. And obviously on SmackDown... Um, sorry, I may be repeating myself now. You'll have to forgive me. My, my recording equipment screwed up, and I don't know where it cut off. So if, you, if I'm repeating myself now, you have to forgive me. But, you know, I, I did like the fact Natalia ran away because she got beaten up by those three girls last week. So like, what's she going to do? What's she not going to do? Um, right, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to I'm have to move on to my next point now because, like I say, my recording equipment macked up. and I, Until I export it, I don't know where I got to. Thanks a lot, world. But anyway, I do like what they're doing with the women. I do feel like it, it feels more interesting yeah, I, just, I mean, it's a bit stupid that we have the same story on both brands. That's a bit ridiculous, but it's WWE, right? Whatever. It's, it's injected fresh blood into, into occasions, and I actually think they may benefit from not being established NXT people, or not overly established, because we've seen what happened to Nakamura Rude. Hopefully here they feel like they can build them and give them their own personality, and, well, I hope so anyway. So my apologies if I repeated anything there. Damn Adobe equipment. Rubbish. Uh, I may be repeating this now as well, but again, I said, if you want, sometimes people see me wearing the Miller t-shirts in videos and they ask me where they can get them from. It's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Simon Miller forward slash shop. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Simon Miller forward slash shop. You can buy stupid t-shirts with my name on it, including a WWE one. That's not there. Get in touch with me directly. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. Adobe Audition is a pile 
of wank. I want to talk about Broken Matt Hardy again, because I just did this, but to nobody, just talking to myself. Now, I'm very excited about WWE's version of Broken Matt Hardy, because I think he gets the character, and I think even if they put certain parameters on him, he'll find a way to make it work. I think he's that talented. I think he's underrated Matt Hardy. I've always thought that since he did version one. I think he's very entertaining, and just the sheer amount of uh, characters he's come up with over the years says to me that, you know, he knows what he's doing when it comes to wrestling. Now, this all happened on Raw. He got beaten by Bray Wyatt. The commentators were very keen to push, oh, Matt Hardy's on a losing streak. Oh, Matt Hardy. Oh, can you believe Matt Hardy? The problem being is that he did lose to Bray Wyatt. And A, Bray Wyatt doesn't beat anybody, so that's already a problem. But then I started to worry, especially given Matt's tweets after the fact, that maybe they're going to tie all this into Bray Wyatt. And that I do not want. I don't want Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy to be anywhere near each other. I mean, I don't mind if they have a feud, but what I mean is I don't want the power of Bray Wyatt to be the reason that we get Broken Matt Hardy or whatever WWE would do. I'm even worried they're now thinking we can do Broken Matt Hardy versus Sister Abigail. And screw that. that I mean, nobody wants that, or maybe you do. I certainly don't. So I'm worried that that's the direction they're going in. But that's me being Nick Piketty and, and overthinking. I hope that's not the case. And also, you know what? If that's a sacrifice I've got to make to get broken Matt Hardy in the WWE, and I'm guessing that he sorted all his TNA stuff out, I don't know. But I'm just going on. You know, on Raw, he made a deliberate point to shout delete a lot. I don't think he would have done that without permission. I just, I just don't. I think if you tie it too much in with Bray Wyatt, where Bray Wyatt is at the moment, it may not work. I think that's my worry. That's my worry. But we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. Oh my gosh, my computer's shouting at me. I thought I muted that. Jeez, it's all going wrong. Technology's kicking my ass. But it's still good, right? Especially with Jeff. And Jeff Hardy's out for a while, is the other thing. And this will be Matt Hardy's. If it goes right, this will be Matt Hardy's sort of highlight in the WWE. I just think that Bray may bring that down. Well, it depends what they do with Bray. I can just see them going, oh, ha ha, broken Matt Hardy. And oh, Bray Wyatt's dressed up in a shawl. Ha ha. That is just not what I want to see. However, I am excited about it. This is me being pernickety and negative. I like the fact that they did it. Bray, Hart, Bray White winning is still is still weird, but, you know. 205 Live stuff was all right this week. I mean, at least they're building to a number one contender match. They had a fatal four-way this week, fatal four-way next week, and then the winner of that one-on-one -on -one match takes on Enzo. It's okay. I mean, 205 Live now just feels like it exists because it exists. It's just there. I still don't think they're allowed to have cruiserweight matches in the way that we all assume they should be allowed to have them. A lot of people like the Rich Swan, Noam Dar, Tazawa, and Davari match on Raw. And I did too. I thought it was a good match, and I'm glad that Rich Swan won. But I just feel like you don't have to build this like a WWE match. If you want to call it the indie style, fine. But that's what I want to see in WWE, and surely that should be why you have a cruiserweight division. We'll call it indie style, which I think is disparaging, but people know what I'm talking about. If you have that style, the reason you have that style is because you're trying to tap into a market that you can't tap into otherwise. Or at least that's what I thought the point was. You know, that's what I thought... That's why I thought they introduced it, because I was like, okay, if we introduce... I hate it. If we introduce that indie style, then all of a sudden, we've introduced something that nobody else has. Oh, nobody else has. What am I talking about? That we don't have. That's the whole point of the Cruiserweights. People are flocking, you know, the world over to see all these indie shows... And they're loving it, and they're, you know, but we can't get a piece of that. Let's make a cruiserweight division, and then we can't, and we don't. And most of the time, the 
main eventers or what you want to call them, the main roster guys are allowed to do more flippy stuff than the cruiserweight guys. And I know they did that in this match. They did the Tower of Doom spot. We had the Phoenix Splash. We had a lot of dives. But I just feel like it built like a stereotypical WWE match. And that is not what I think they should be doing. I think they should be going 100 miles an hour. Because then it's different. That's the problem. It doesn't feel different. It has moments where it's different, but it needs to get there sooner. And that's my problem with 205 Live, really, overall. And this was fine. It was fine. And Rich Swan won. I'm hoping Cedric Alexander's in the match next week, because I think if you you know take the reins off, no pun intended, and you allowed Swan and uh, um, Cedric Alexander to go at it, they'd have a great match. I mean, they really would. They're very, very talented. But at least it has storylines and characters and all the other things we expect from WWE. Because there was a time where it was it was like superstars. It was like, let's just put some matches on TV. And that really was difficult to watch. It's not difficult to watch anymore. It can just be a bit boring. <laughs> but I know a lot of people are into it, and that's great. That's fine. Uh, we've talked about the Oscar and Dana Brooks stuff, which came next. Let's, let's talk about Jason Jordan and Finn Balor. So the rumor this week, and we should have talked about this to begin with, actually. But the rumor to begin with is that Finn Balor is no longer in the Raw Rumble main event simply because um, Vince McMahon doesn't think he's over enough. Now, we all know the reason he's not over enough is because Vince McMahon booked him like an idiot. <laughs> so this is one of these crazy WWE things where you're like, what you, you, you do realize... You do, you do realize that um, this was your fault, but clearly they don't. But, you know, having him job out to Kane in two seconds or whatever it was probably didn't help. But anyway, Vince McMahon decides that Finn Balor isn't over enough. Therefore, Finn Balor is no longer allowed to main event the Royal Rumble. To the point that Brock Lesnar may be on the show but not have a championship match. I mean, that is not great. And we don't know if this is true. This is just what people are saying. But we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, the point here is we got this bizarre trifecta of uh, segments with with uh, with uh, with Jason Jordan slash Finn Balor slash Kane slash Braun Strowman whatever. Now the thing with Jason Jordan is he's clearly going heel, right? He's clearly going heel. He's he's all upset that people are coming at him on Twitter, so he should get off Twitter right now because that's never going to change. Uh, you know, he made the point that he feels like he was going to beat Braun Strowman if his knee hadn't have gone out last week. Even Kurt Angle, his fake dad, questioned him. Then he said he wanted to be put in a match with Kane. So he got put in a match with Kane. They have a match went on for about two minutes, and eventually Jason Jordan gets counted out because his knee hurts, and that just leads to Kane walloping on him, right? Absolutely beats him down for ages. So straight away, I'm like, right, Jason Jordan, you're a jobber. You're an idiot. Clearly going heel because you're whiny. Kane, you're the man. Then Angle comes out and says, right, now we're going to have the real main event, like the real comptroller. If you know what that is a reference to, tweet me just to make me laugh. It made me happy. And then Finn Balor gets his ass whooped <laughs> by Kane again. It was a count now, right? Uh, no, it was DQ, sorry, DQ, because um, Kane hit uh, Balor with a chair. But once again, Balor is made to look like an idiot. And the other strange thing is they did a poll on WWE.com saying, who do you want to see Braun Lesnar? Braun Lesnar? <laughs> Brock Lesnar face next. And Finn Balor won by like 65%. And I understand a WWE poll doesn't mean anything. It's a very small slice of the WWE audience. But still, it's somewhat of a slice. And if you've got no other challenges, why not just do it? Especially because at Survivor Series, we saw AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. It was really good. And AJ Styles and Finn Balor are kind of comparable in many ways. So that's very strange. And this did nothing to help him. He got absolutely mauled here by Kane again. And I understand why they did it. Because Kane looks like a monster. And who comes out to stop the monster? That's right, Braun Strowman. And it was cool. And it's also cool because Braun Strowman's over wherever he goes. And it's awesome to hear that kind of reaction. 
Braun came out and he annihilated Kane. He basically was like, right, Kane tried to kill me last week. So my revenge is I'm going to try and kill him. So we've got murder most foul going on in the WWE. He did the whole chair into the throat thing. And then Kane ran to the back like, I'm dying, I'm dying. So then Braun did it again because <laughs> he wants to kill this man. Uh, and that's how it went off air. So uh, look, it's not, is it the greatest ending to Raw ever? Of course not. But at least, I mean, I, I'm presuming we're eventually building to a Braun Strowman uh, Kane match. It will be average at best, maybe. Maybe it'll be okay. Braun Strowman will win. He gets more, uh, you know, uh, wonder put on him. I don't know whatever the word you want to call it. And then onwards we go from there. And it's fine. I don't understand why Finn Balor has to go for a ride again. I don't actually think it matters with Jason Jordan because if he is, does go heel, that will kind of reset him to a certain degree. And he may be really good in that role. And I, it's not really his fault because he was put in the worst position ever, right? I mean, you've got to be the fake son of Kurt Angle. That's very hard to make work in a world where social media reigns supreme and we're all smart marks and we know everything and we refuse to buy in. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the world we live in. Very hard to make those kind of gimmicks work. But I did think it was okay. Uh, not, I don't understand the Finn Balor stuff at all. Never will understand that. It seems ludicrous to me to to treat someone badly. And it's like I'm going to punch the wall. Oh, my hand hurts. And you're surprised. Well, of course it does. You punch the wall. Don't punch the wall. And if Finn Balor's meant to be your Royal Rumble main eventer, don't job him out to Kane in seconds. So it's very strange. Very, very strange uh, uh, all around. And SmackDown was kind of the same. Like I said, we've talked about their big thing. Their big thing is definitely between these four people, McMahon, Bryan, maybe Orton in there, maybe it's five, you know, Owens and Zayn. I did like what they did. There's still an underlying current of uncertainty there. But again, as we've already touched upon, it didn't go anywhere here. This was kind of a, a filler, a staller episode. And I, wanted, I wanted to see something... I wanted to see something better. I was a bit disappointed because we saw the New Day versus Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, and New Day won, which means they've just been inserted right back into the tag team title feud. And how many times have we seen the Usos and the New Day? And I get it. You can say, yeah, but Simon, now they, you know, now we've got a third team, so the feud is different. But I, to me, it's just a, uh, you know, a, a, what you call it? A sign they don't have enough tag teams on SmackDown. So if they had enough tag teams on SmackDown, you wouldn't be doing this. So I thought that was a bit weird. But it was a good match. I mean, it really, really, really was a good match. A New Day especially looked really good. They looked really, really, really... I don't know, they just they played the babyface role so well. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, Gable and Benjamin are good too. And, you know, Big E was funny by ringside. Usos were on commentary. They were good. So these are three good teams. But, you know, but Gable and Benjamin losing here as well, it just kind of felt to me like they were thrown under the bus and we're focusing back on the Usos and the New Day. And I don't necessarily think that's what we want to do. Which kind of ties into my next point, which is also the next point on the show, where the hype bros broke up. They lost to the Bludgeon Brothers in 43 seconds or whatever it was. And then Rawley turned on Zack Ryder. He thought about it and then he continued to maul him. So there, it's kind of a, a lose-lose there, really, because they were never going to do anything with the hype bros WWE. I don't know why. So there's no point crying over spilt milk. In the sense that, you know, it's... Even if they had stayed together, they weren't going to be put in the title picture. So this probably is better for them, really, if we're being honest. Because hopefully they'll have some kind of feud to clash the champions. Then maybe Mojo gets more of a spotlight shot on him. And he was doing okay when Zack Ryder was out injured. I mean, Zack Ryder would do okay either. They just don't let him do okay. Anyway, it was a good segment. I did like it. And I really like the Bludgeon Brothers. It's so ridiculous and so over the top and so stupid. I can't help but buy in. 
But it is just so... I mean, it's just... Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Um... I tell you what it is. They're two intimidating-looking dudes. They're being pushed well, so they look strong. So, you know, that 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 all kind of works. And they win matches. So it doesn't matter the gimmick. And also, it's fun. The gimmick is fun. It's like a gimmick from the late, early, uh, late 90s. No, late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, that... Oh, I tell you, I just... I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. And like I say, if they were being crap in the ring, you'd be like, yeah, this is rubbish. But the fact that they are... They're doing so well... Oh, I mean, where this ends, I guess you could argue this is the tag team, right? That we build to uh, wherever we get to. But um, I do like it. I, I do. I really like them. I just think. I just think it's Luke Harper. I think Luke Harper's so good. He just he makes me want to smile inside. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what they do. Hopefully, they give the Hype Brothers some time as well. I hope we don't just run that into the ground because I think you could do something with that too. But we will see. We will see. Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode are going to have a feud. We talked about that last week. I don't really care. I don't think Bobby Roode's a good heel. A good face, sorry. I think he's a better heel. What do you want me to say? Again, it's so obvious that Baron Corbin is the is the focus here. And I don't mind that. But it seems silly to throw Bobby Roode under the bus so soon when you haven't really done anything with him. And I can't. I could be wrong, but I can't see him winning the US title. I think they already see him as just a guy, you know, to do whatever with... You know, all they did here was have a little scrap backstage. <laughs> I'm not excited about it. That's the truth. I don't really want to see them fight. It was all right. But it's the same with the world title program, though. I don't really want to see AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal fight. You know, here we had the, had AJ taking on the Singh brothers and Mahal tagged to Styles before the match, but eventually Styles came back. The finish was great. The finish was a Styles clash off the rope of one... Sing brother onto the other one. So that was really good. And it did make AJ Styles look good, but AJ Styles doesn't need anybody to look good. He can do whatever he wants. And then afterwards, Jinder Mahal attacked the Singh brothers. And I really hope that they sort that out next week because you do not want to break those three up. Those three work together. And they certainly don't have much to offer as singles. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. They're just better as a three, so don't break them up. So I hope they don't do that. But ultimately, they just don't feel... It doesn't feel like a... A world title program. That's the problem. It doesn't feel like... It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a WWE title program. And that 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 upsets me a lot. Because I think Ginger Mahal could be that guy. He's just not working at the moment. Yet we keep going back to it. Luckily, AJ Styles is the greatest person in the world. So it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. I mean, AJ Styles really is good. Could he be the best in the world? Potentially. Uh, we talked about the main event. There was also a, a Fashion Files segment on there. These kind of, they've, they've fallen into, I don't think they know what they're doing them anymore, doing with them anymore. I think there was a purpose to begin with, probably the Bludgeon Brothers, but now they've turned their back on that. So these now kind of exist, like an advert would exist. It's just kind of like, well, we'll do it because, you know, people seem to like them, even though we don't we don't really get them, <laughs> but we'll do them anyway. Uh, I do think they're funny, but they just feel directionless and aimless now. And I think the problem with that is they do lose some of their muster. I liked it when they felt uh, when they felt important. Not important, but they felt like there was a reason to this. And it's only because I like Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I want to, I want them to do more with them. I want to see their matches. I want to see them go out to the tag team championships. Clearly, clearly no one else thinks that, though. But yeah, so that was Raw and SmackDown. They were okay. They were decent enough shows. I think Raw was better than SmackDown. I think now we're probably going to have to creep our way to the Raw Rumble. I don't think Clash of Champions is going to do much. Um... Clearly, I think this is the week that WWE goes to India. Let's double-check that before I say this and make a fool out of myself. But I think they go to India this week. Um, 
and so that doesn't I don't think that Jinder Mahal is going as champion so I don't think you have to see anything like that uh, it's, the, oh, it's December the 8th and 9th oh we got one more Smackdown I take it back We've got one more SmackDown before the India trip. So you can hold on to your hat there. Maybe that's what we'll be talking about next week. Oh, no. The fear. The fear. But we will, uh, we, we will see. We will see. We will see what we'll see. Uh, we are going to get to some questions in a minute. And uh, as always, just as I know it sounds, you know, it's just, a, it's just a little perk that I just thought would be nice. But, you know, if you are a member of uh, Simon Miller's Patreon, patreon.com for Simon 316, uh, you get to ask the questions. Simple as that. I just thought it was a nice little thing to... Uh, to offer out. That's what I thought. So that's what I did. So you can join up there. No, there's no anything you pay, even a dollar. You, you can get access to that. Um, right. Cody Rhodes wants to try and fill a 10,000... Si- Let, let's start from the beginning, right? So ages ago, uh, somebody tweeted Dave Meltzer, the man, the hero, the legend, and he said, you know, do you think that Ring of Honor could film a 10,000-seater stadium? And Dave Meltzer basically said, not anytime soon, to which Cody Rhodes responded, I will take that bet. So now apparently in 2018, the Young Bucks, Marty Skrull and Cody Rhodes have been scouting out venues because they're going to try and self-fund a 10,000-seater event. And I think this is damn awesome because they can't lose because no matter what they do, they'll put on a big song and dance about it. And even if they don't get to 10,000, I imagine they'll make so much money in merchandise and pull a pretty big crowd. It'll probably be 5,000 plus. Everybody will walk away happy. The fans will love it because that card will be loaded. And everybody will make a profit off of it. So I love this kind of thing because it does help the indie scene or the non-WWE scene, let's call it. It has got a buzz about it and it does open the doors for certain conversations. For example, are they going to do this at the end of 2018? Meaning potentially Daniel Bryan could be on that show if he does walk out of WWE after his contract's done. Do we go after CM Punk? I mentioned CM Punk earlier and that's because Dana White in a press conference today did say that Punk is going to be at the UFC event this Saturday and he wants to talk to him about what's next. Is he going to have another UFC fight? Is Punk done? Is he going to go to Bellator? Is he going to go back to pro wrestling? We don't know. But if they are going to try and put on this big thing and there's a lot of money going around and you are going to fill it with people like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and you know all these guys, they could absolutely do it. And then you are creating this world where, and I don't know this is true, this is the information I've got from the Wrestling Observer, but you are creating this world where a non-WWE company, for the first time since WCW closed, this is in America obviously, pulled 10,000 people to a stadium. And that would be incredible if they pulled it off. It could even become a yearly thing. Whatever this is could become the, the anti-WrestleMania or the alternative WrestleMania they do once a year and pulls a big crowd. Obviously not hundreds of thousands of people, but a big crowd nonetheless. So we'll have to wait and see. But I like the idea. I, like the, I think competition creates creativity. And while you know these companies aren't in direct competition with WWE, they're still competition and they're growing and there's a buzz about them. And I think that's what's really important. If you can start pulling off these feats and these records and things you've never done before, then it's momentum, it's growth, it's buzz. And that's going to attract more people in and so on and so forth. You know, I'll talk about my wrestling training in a minute. But, you know, one of the guys is very closely associated with progress. There's a lot of people that go to progress shows. They just think wrestling's a really fun night out and they're getting into wrestling for the first time. So maybe that's what the indie scene can be. It used to be WWE, but maybe that changes. You just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. So I thought that was really exciting and interesting. And when I read it, I thought, yeah, I, I hope they, they pull that off because I only think it benefits everybody. And if it does blow a little smoke up WWE's ass, great. I mean, as far as I could tell, the last time somebody blew WWE smokes up, smokes ass WWE was the Young Bucks when they did that invasion angle. Then we got weeks of good TV leading into Survivor Series. I mean, I doubt there's a correlation there, but I'd like to think there was. It makes me, you know, make, make, makes me excited. But I, I, I think Cody Rhodes may be, they all are. 
But, you know, Cody Rhodes, in terms of a WWE angle and him walking out, I think he's been such an asset to uh, to the WWE, uh, to the WWE, to the indie scene. Because I just think he brings a certain something that, you know, maybe wasn't there before. I did say I was going to touch on my wrestling training. I'm hoping a, an update video will go up on What Culture soon. Um, I've got to send one across, which I'm planning to do. Um, but it's going... <laughs> Well, it is going well. I mean, I, I, the reason I stump, I hesitated there is I don't like to be arrogant. I like to be a humble man. But I am getting very, very... A, I'm, I've become so passionate about it. I mean, I was passionate about it before. But now I am I'm super, super passionate about it. Like, I, 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 I long for Tuesdays and Thursdays, which are the days I'm going on now. And I'm learning something new every week. My cardio is getting better. I mean, I ache. My back's pretty bad. But it's kind of one of those pains I don't mind because I know that the good, you know, the, the good bits outweigh the bad bits. And obviously, I'm doing you know I'm doing what I can uh, to to negate that yoga and stretching and all the stuff you hear wrestlers doing. But it's just it's got in my blood, which makes me sound a bit like an idiot. But I am an idiot, so it's fine. But it's just yeah, I I, I, this, I think like, I say this to the people listening to Simon's pro wrestling podcast. I won't say this anywhere else, but I keep it between you and me and my microphone here and my computer that's staring at me. But I think ultimately, what I mean, originally it was just trained to be a wrestler and have a match. Don't think uh, 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 beyond that. And I'm still not to a certain degree because I think you need to keep baby steps in, in mind. And that way when you achieve those baby steps, you feel good and it keeps you motivated. So originally my first thing was, well, just go. If you just go and you don't like it, you can leave. But I went, now I'm still doing it. So that's step one achieved. If I then go, I want to be WWE champion, I'm going to feel let down constantly and probably not enjoy the journey as much as I should. However... With that said, I think if someone said right now, what is your realistic dream, Simon? Like, I'm a freelancer, as many as you know, hence why the patron's so important, the stuff I do for what culture and everywhere else you may see me pop up. You know, you never know what you're going to make month to month, so it's quite scary. But ultimately, I think I'd like to add pro wrestling. I mean, I, I, let me get me wrong. Ideally, I'd just like to be a pro wrestler. But in the realistic world, where, you know, you sometimes have to think about things a little more conservatively, I have started to think, you know... Maybe this guy, I could add wrestling as a client. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As silly as that may sound. So I could do what culture stuff. I could do my Patreon. I could do my YouTube. I could do my podcast. And then I can get a couple of matches here and there, and you know, just to supplement my income. And I got really excited about it. It's just, I don't know what it is. I think it's because we, I did a match last week. And it was 90 seconds. We're not talking about anything big here. And, you know, the, um, the whole premise was just to take what you learned and put on a match. And the guy I was working with, he may listen to this actually, a guy called Levi, really good dude. I don't know if he listens or not, but he's a really good dude. He goes to progress. He went to Al Snow's before that as well. And we came up with this, with this little sequence. And I think we were both into kind of not hitting each other hard, but, you know, making your stuff look good, kid. So, so we did that. And even, you know, it did hurt, but got, we got a reaction for some of the trainees and I got an adrenaline rush. I just loved it. I loved every second of it. And it really has... Oh, it's really got in my blood, which is such a stupid way to put it, but that's the only way I can think about it. I just want to do it more and more and more. So yeah, so if you don't know, I did pass the beginner course at, I keep calling it Progress. It's just called Knuckle Locks Wrestling School now. They're still associated with Progress, but it's just not, you know, the direct school anymore. I don't know why, I don't have any reasons. It's still an amazing school if you want to go train pro wrestling. Um, but I passed the beginner course, and I'm now on my second week of doing intermediate stuff. And what I really like is once they trust you to be a beginner, they really do take kind of the training wheels off and go, okay, let's go. And I've learned so much stuff. Like last week, I learned how to, you know, take a, we'll call it a clothesline, but any move. Basically how to do the, the bump over the top rope. You know, you've seen it in Royal Rumbles countless times where someone clotheslines you and they do like a 360 and go backwards. I mean, that is terrifying. It's terrifying in thought, let alone somebody doing it. 
But I did it, and I was terrified. My first one was rubbish. And I even said to the trainer, I said, what did I do? He said, well, you didn't do it properly. You wussed out. And I did. But eventually I got the confidence, and I'm doing it. And that feeling of overcoming the fear and overcoming the, yeah, the anxiety and all of that and actually doing it. And then sometimes actually putting something together where you're like, wow, that was – I did that. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to get into specifics. But if you are into that whole kind of vibe, and you know what the international spot is. And you can look it up on the internet. It's all there. But I've pulled off a couple of those that I'd never say anything I did is flawless. Again, I like to be humble. But they felt good and they've got a good reaction. And people have said, yeah, that was, that was decent. Well done. And I tell you, I go home with a massive smile on my face. Of course I hurt, but I don't care. Um, so I am really excited to see where this goes. I'm going to keep going twice a week. I want to get to advance as quick as I can. I want to start having matches as soon as I can. Like I've really got the the bug for this now. Although I'm happy to wait. I'm happy for somebody to, to wait till someone to say to me, now you're good enough. Because I don't want to embarrass myself. And what do I know really? The answer is nothing. Which kind of goes for life as well, to be honest. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. And hopefully I can hopefully I can do something with it. You never know. It may break my back tomorrow and that will be the end. But in terms of dream world and hoping, yeah. I, I, there's something about pro wrestling. And I, a lot of people say, oh, Miller, don't you think you're too old and anything like that? I think I'm too old in the sense I hurt all the time, but I've hurt all the time for ages. But it's, it's, it's twofold, really. Now, the best time to do something is 20 years ago or today. Always live by that proverb. But also, I'm a very different person how I am now than I was back in the day. And I did try back in the day. Technically, this is my third time of trying. But I just didn't have the strength of mind or the character or the willpower I had when I first tried the other two times. So it wouldn't have worked out anyway. It wouldn't have worked out anyway. I know that because I tried. I did have some bad experiences there. I did get screwed over a little bit. But my point being is I actually think this is the way I was always meant to do it. Whether it works out or doesn't work out, this was the way I was meant to do it. Because now I am, you know, more aware of who I am as a person and all that, all that kind of nonsense. I have, you know, you have the confidence, I guess, to, to go out there and do it. Anyway, I just thought I'd give you guys a quick update because I do appreciate you always tuning in. Like I say, hopefully there'll be a, an update on what culture and what culture soon. Uh, right, so before we do end the podcast, just we've got a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. Uh, Andrew McLean, Andrew, I think I said you pronounce your name, Andrew. He's a good dude. He's been on the podcast before. I'll call you Andrew. Do you think that Roderick Strong should stick around with Paul Ellering and AOP? I actually kind of dig it. I did think it worked out quite well. I think all of NXT, aside from Drew McIntyre's or Drew Galloway's, whatever he goes as now, he has torn his bicep and apparently could be out till June. He said he wants to get back for WrestleMania, but it is looking more like it could be. Well, you know, the diagnosis usually when someone tears a bicep is, is June. That is terrible because the guy was all good to go. It wouldn't have surprised me if... Um, Andrea, thinking about Almas, I can never pronounce the name of, was booked to win the title because Drew was coming up. And I think Drew would be a massive asset to, to, either, to either Raw or SmackDown. So that really was a shame. But other than that, I like NXT at the moment. It's because they got all this new talent in, Roderick Strong amongst them. And I think the authors of Pain have come a long way. I love Adam Cole. I think he's awesome. You know, Sanity are kicking ass. You know, there's it, just oh, Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. I mean, don't get me started on them. Absolutely fantastic. So NXT right now does feel like it's going in the right direction. Maybe you could do something with Roderick Strong, uh, the Undisputed Era, and AOP. I don't know. There's ways and means there. But it does feel exciting again. And I really do think that Adam Cole, I just love Adam Cole. I don't know what it is. I just I just enjoy him. I just think he's, I just think he's great. Um, and I think it helps us only an hour TV a week, right? I mean, maybe it's not as buzzy or as big as it once was, but if you go back and look at posters from old NXT shows, that's no real big surprise. When you've got like Owen, Zayn, uh, Bala, Nakamura, you know, on these, Neville on, on these posters, it comes in, it, it goes up and it goes down, but I do think it's on the upward swerve at the moment. I'm a big fan of NXT. I think it's really good TV, really well put together. 
On that note, on NXT, funny we didn't see Steph or Triple H on Raw this week. I thought that was weird. We've just we've just forgot about that. We're not forgot about it, and it probably is best we don't see them each week, but I always find it weird when someone's not on TV, they just vanish. It was like that time Brock was champion for the first time doing his sporadic dates. We didn't even talk about him. So let's talk about them. Why why don't we talk about them? So I thought that was weird, but that's just an aside. And also, Andrew Selkirk asked, what do you think needs to be done to repair the damage done at Survivor Series to guys like Nakamura? It's a great question. I stand by the video I did for What Culture a few months ago where I said I don't think WWE are using him right already. Got a lot of flack for that. I think now I've been justified by that. Nakamura wasn't even on SmackDown, I've just realized. I didn't even realize that till this second. Nakamura should be all over that show. He should be the poster boy, but he's not. I don't, the thing is, I don't think they see it as damage. I think they see Balor as surplus to requirements, Nakamura as surplus to requirements. To a certain extent, Joe. They clearly like Joe, but he kind of is on that cusp, you could argue, given how they treat him at Survivor Series. And I don't think it's great. I don't. That's what I think. So, I don't, I don't think they see it as damage. Because if it was, unless, I mean, yes, they could be building to the AJ Styles-Nakamura match at WrestleMania. But to me, as good as that's going to be for one night only, I don't think it's going to be anything, it's not going to do anything for Nakamura going forward. I don't think they have plans for him to do that. And I could be wrong. I don't know. I think it would take Vince McMahon to all the time decide the Japanese market is the most important market, which could happen given what's going on with New Japan. But I'm not, I'm not overly confident. But I stand by what I said. I don't think since day one, he was, came up with a program with Dolph Ziggler. That's not the type of program you bring in someone who you have big plans for, in my opinion. And I can be wrong. I'm a jackass. Andrew also asked, both called Andrew, I just realized. Anyway. Also, what would be your ideal commentary team? If you mean of all time... I'd have Jim Ross, Bobby Heenan, and you've got to have Grinnell Monsoon in there as well. And I'd have Vince McMahon, though. I'm overbooking it here. That's way too many people. But I love Vince McMahon's over-the-top commentary. And he used to go, <laughs> all that nonsense. One, two, three, four, four, four. Uh, Bobby Heenan was obviously the greatest color commentator ever. I love Jim Ross. You know, Jim Ross made me care because I, I thought he believed. And as always with professional wrestling, if they believe, I believe. And Gorilla Monsoon, I just got a soft spot for just because he used to bounce off Bobby Heenan so well. I think really they're the four people I grew up with, right? So when I first started watching wrestling, it was Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heen, and then Vince McMahon got in there. I do think Jerry the King Lawler was okay, but used to wind me up too much. Obviously, Jim Ross was the best. So there's the four people I kind of uh, kind of grew up with. And I, I, a lot of people down on Tony Schiavone. I thought Tony Schiavone was all right. He wasn't the best kind of comment, uh, best um, play-by-play man in the world, but I did like him, and he did make me enjoy WCW. So... I'm, I'm not down on him. I'm trying to think of commentators I really don't like. I mean, I'm not... I think Michael Cole, I feel like, exists in a world where he's damned, he's damned either way. He has to pump social media. He has to pump all this stuff. He has to be an advert because that's how WWE wants him to be. And he does that well. I love Corey Graves. I don't mind Brian... Sa- Bri- oh, I can never pronounce his name. Brian... Good grief. Saxton. Saxton. I don't mind him at all. I actually think he's quite good. I think he understands his role very well. Big fan of Nigel McGuinness. I think he does a great job. I like Marilalo, not as much as some people do. Um, I don't like Booker T. I just, I don't know. I, I, it just doesn't seem like he cares. I think that's the problem. I think I may have preferred David Otonga. I mean, David Otonga wasn't very good at, um, he didn't get very passionate. He always found it a bit dry. But Booker T suddenly doesn't even care about the product. <laughs> at least Otonga cared. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I would... Someone like the Pope, I thought it was. I thought he was around TNA, the Pope, and he's just vanished off into the abyss. Who knows? Who knows? 
Who knows what will happen? But yeah, they'd be my favorite Ford commentators, mostly through nostalgia, I think, than anything else. Um, but I don't mind the. Well, I do mind the commentary today. I was going to lie. I do. Sometimes it winds me up. Sometimes the thing they said. I'm glad that JBL isn't on anymore. He was never really my. He was never really my cup of tea. That's all I'll say. Anyway, also, if you have heard the AJ Styles, there's a, a rumor going around that AJ Styles is going to retire after WrestleMania 34. He's not. He's absolutely not. He tweeted out saying, no, not interested in doing that. We'll just say, no, wrong. And I hope he doesn't retire for a long time to come. I imagine he's making good money. Like I say, I think he's the best wrestler in the world. I just think he's awesome. He's just awesome. He makes me want to watch wrestling. And surely that should be, that should always be uh, uh, what it is. Anyway, we will bring the episode to a close there. Thank you, as always, for supporting me in this. Like I say, if you can share this around and we can start smashing into the, the upper parts of the charts, that would be wonderful. But ultimately, I just appreciate you downloading this. I appreciate you uh, letting me into your podcast life. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so to think that I may be having that same effect on other people is pretty damn humbling. Uh, please do come follow me on Twitter at Simon316. Please like the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can get enjoyed with the Fantasy League run by Mitch, smashing it as always. Give me a subscribe on YouTube.com for the Middle Report Rules. You can also watch or listen to these podcasts on there, whatever you want to call them. What else? Patreon.com for us, Simon316. That's what keeps all this alive. And like I say, you will get the you will get extra podcasts in there as well. I'm going to record another one this week. I'm going to watch some, some old Raws on the network, I think, and just talk about how awful Raw was during the Attitude Era, even though we think otherwise. I think that's everything. There's probably stuff I've missed, but it doesn't matter. I've shilled far too much. Um, but thank you very Just thank you. That's all I'm going to say is thank you. Do let me know what you thought Raw of SmackDown. Uh, we'll come back next week to... to, to um, actually, we'll talk about a lot next week. So I'm going to the Battle Pro show on Friday. Battle Pro is the basically the feeder promotion, I guess you could call it, for Knuckle Locks Gym that I'm hoping to, to, to fight in in one day. So I thought I'd go down. So if you're around at the Battle Pro show, come say hello. Uh, but I'll let you know how that goes as well because it's got a lot of good people on there. A lot of good people. Jimmy Havoc's on there. Mark Haskins is on there. Strangler Davis is on there. Loads of good guys. I think that would be a really, really good show. I think they still have tickets. If you just search Battle Pro on Facebook, yeah, check them out. I, I think that could be a really, really good show. A lot of the most UK shows are, to be honest. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to me. I do drop this on every Wednesday, and we're keeping it up now. You may have noticed. So far, so good. I'll keep it up with the best I can. You take care of yourself. Have a lovely week. <laughs> <laughs>